1: This is your host, Greg Scordis, joined this afternoon by Leah Murray, and we're filling in for Boyd Matheson on an expanded Inside Sources. We'll be your Guests, your hosts for the next two hours. You know, Leah, I sometimes think it would be really interesting if we could just play the two-hour lead-in that you and I do preparing for this show because you're just so fascinating, and I learn more. <laughs> I learn more from you, Professor Murray, uh, than than I do uh, listening to the show. So I, 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 we try to put some of that out to our listeners, but you're just a wealth of knowledge, uh, political science professor at Weber State University, Thank you. and uh, and you're just a kick to be with. So I'm happy to be with you today. You and I have hosted I think three or four of the KSL at night programs. Yeah. But this is the first time we've been here on Boyd's show and, and I I love listening to Boyd. I've been a guest on his show a few times and, and it's hard to fill those shoes. But but let's let's take a crack at it. Uh, when we start out uh, this this afternoon, we're going to be talking about uh, the midterm election's coming up and, uh, there's a lot going on right now. I think the state uh, Democrats, uh, had their convention a week or two ago. Uh, the uh, state Republicans are having their convention tomorrow. There are a lot of really interesting races in Utah. Um, and I love just, I mean, I'm a junkie, I guess, for, for politics, and having run a few times and lost every single time. But I, I still think it's just fascinating. And I, and I, I like to see who's, who's running. I like to see who's put their name in the hat because it's such a, it's such a difficult thing to do to, to jump into politics. Um, and, and, and it's, it was fun for me. I mean, it was one of those sort of, bucket list things right know, i gotta run for political office and lose and just <laughs> see what that's like. i gotta run a marathon i did that once you know right, there's certain right. things you you just feel like you have to do and um and and when you when you run for office uh, leah there these political hacks come to you and they say okay uh you know we need to get out the vote this is a year that democrats can win and i'll just be honest the Democrats aren't going to win statewide elections in Utah. I mean, I, right. I, sorry, Democrats, I love you guys, but I mean, they're, they're like, well, we just need to get the vote out. And there's a segment of the population that if we can just get to them, uh, we can get the, we can, we can win. And it, it never happens. I mean, I don't think we've had a statewide Democrat in Utah this century. I know we haven't. Um, and, and is that going to change? Who knows? Uh, but nationally, uh, there's been some talk about, um, th- is that really, the way campaigns are going—is that really the way that 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 we're getting the vote out? And there's this there's this idea of this pivot counties, right. which you kind of explained to me earlier that I didn't really understand. But as you look at the stats, if you look at what's happened during the the two uh, the two uh, Obama elections and the Trump election, and then the Biden election, it's true that it's not so much getting the vote out, and you know, pers- per- getting your 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 segment of the population out. It's um it's 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 this persuasion. It's this idea that that some counties are persuadable and some frankly are not. That's
2: right. I mean, um, pivot county basically means they voted for Obama, then they voted for Trump, and then in 2020 you're looking to see did they vote for Biden, right? So did they go back? Um, and the answer is not a lot of them did. Yeah, they really
1: didn't. <laughs> they did not. They so. really didn't. If you look at those pivot counties, they stayed with Trump. But Biden, of course, won the election, and, and right. it, it's it's really it's really fascinating. These these and there are only what two hundred and six counties that they're calling pivot counties. I That's mean, there right. must be there must be thousands of counties in our country. There's like
2: three thousand sixty six counties. Of course, and- you would know that.
1: Of course, you would know that. <laughs> I'm yes. So sorry. All right. All right.
2: Um. So yeah, two hundred six is not a lot. So when we're talking about the pivots, we're talking about a very small slice of the counties, and none of them are in Utah.
1: Um, earlier today uh, inside sources had the opportunity to interview sarah isker a staff writer for the dispatch who explained that these pivot counties may not be pivoting anymore and that both republicans and to some extent democrats are in trouble Uh, she explained that for uh, for a while political experts didn't believe uh, that voters were persuadable to change parties and those who did change were labeled pivot counties when
3: we think about campaigns, winning elections. There's really two models. One is you turn out all of your voters and try to get the other guys' voters not to turn out. And the other one is you try to persuade voters to switch sides. You know, maybe they voted for a Democrat last time, and you try to convince them this time you should vote for a Republican. And for a long time, we believed that elections really were turnout elections. People weren't persuadable. They weren't switching their votes. They were either voting or not voting. And that's why you would see changes in who would win the presidency. But it wasn't about people switching their votes. You know, obviously some people do, but very, very few compare to the effects that turnout has. And one of the ways we looked at that were these
2: pivot counties. Yeah, so this idea of persuading people. So I think the kind of political science would tell you that you really can't persuade. The factors that go into what makes a voter think the way they think, right, Um, are so deep baked, um, baked in from very young in a person's life that it's very difficult to persuade. Um, But clearly the pivot counties show you could do it. I'm going to argue it's voters at the margin. Right. Or it's new voters. Right. So you're changing or expanding who the electorate is to.
1: So to me, it's still not persuasion. It's just adding new numbers. You know, and and in 2004, uh, the first time I ran, there was a ballot initiative involving the uh, the the, making a constitutional uh, mandate that you couldn't have same sex marriage in Utah. And we thought as Democrats that that was going to rally the Republicans in a way that really they were. They were really going to come out strong in favor of that, that there was some issue on the ballot that particular year that was going to sway the voters. And that wasn't really true either. I mean, the Republicans held a majority. They held – they got their 60-some percent and – Four years later, they got the same. That's right. And eight years later and 20 years later. I mean, it, it doesn't hasn't seemed to have changed. So we, we think about those those issues sometimes as Democrats and, and maybe Republicans, too, too, in some of the states where they're they're the minority and think, wow, we've got something sexy on the ballot this year. We're going to get our people out. But like you just said, most of the people, most of the people are already sort of locked into what they're doing.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. And I love that in that election year, 11 other states, right, had very similar ballot initiatives around gay marriage. And people were making the argument, oh, that was used to drive, right? Like they were putting these issues on to mobilize. And then political scientists just didn't find evidence for that, you know? Um, So you're absolutely right. (laughs) Like
1: when we come back after the break i'd like to stay on this issue if you don't mind leah i mean i think there's so much more to talk about and the the interview that they had today earlier with uh, inside sources with this sarah isker as she she had a, a lot of other sound bites that i really want to play uh but this is something that i mean i've been reading about it for the last hour and just wondering is that really true but if you look at the stats it is stay with us we'll be right back Inside Sources with Lloyd-Metheson.
2: Welcome back to Inside Sources. You're here with guest host, Leah Murray, and my friend, Greg Scordis as we talk about all things cool political. Um, before the break, we were chatting about this concept of pivot counties. Um, and... Earlier this morning, Sarah Isker talked to Inside Sources about what was going on with Pivot Counties and what they might indicate and predict for us going forward. So President Trump's election seemed to show that voter turnout wasn't the issue, but maybe persuasion was.
3: 206 counties voted for Barack Obama in 08 and 12, and then voted for Donald Trump in 2016. I was like, well, wait a second. That's not just a turnout issue, potentially. That looks like it could actually be a persuasion issue. And so then... You head into 2020 and people like me are saying, well, what we're going to look for is these pivot counties. If Joe Biden can win them back, then he wins the presidency. And if Donald Trump holds on to them, he wins the presidency. And in fact, Donald Trump held on to nearly all of them and obviously did not win the presidency. So what does that mean? It means that there's something in between going on, that you're looking at states and these counties from one party to another. The way that we saw, for instance, Southern states move from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party in the 70s and 80s, you know, at some point, Texas looks like a swing state, but it's not. It went from solid blue to solid red relatively quickly in the grand scheme of our politics. And so that is a problem for the Democratic Party if that's in fact what's happening because it means states like Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, that look like swing states right now may not be in just a few more cycles.
1: You know, Leah, I think this sort of tips the whole this whole science of politics on its head a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 so focused on these swing states, and if you recall, uh, Hillary Clinton, you know uh, what. Six years ago, going to the thinking you had to win the swing states right, and that was the that was the way to win the election i mean don't come to Utah because you 're not going to win utah uh, don't don't uh, waste your time in in New York because you're going to win new york so right. let's let's focus all our energy on these swing states, but this theory about these pivot counties, I think turns that on its head. You know, it reminds me a little bit, and I'll digress for just a second, of all the science that we get as lawyers on how to pick a jury. Yeah. And it's all (laughs) hocus pocus. I mean, I don't, I don't, the first law partner I ever had said, just grab the first 12 people that walk in the door and start your trial. And I learned that that's the way it is. I mean, that's obviously not the same with the, with these pivot counties, but I think that we're, we're re-examining how we, how we approach elections and and the people and and the the persuasion that we're going to need to win over our voters
2: yeah so i'm going to push back as a social scientist a little bit because i don't think it's hocus pocus in this regard um but i appreciate your point i think your point's well taken i think it's actually the moment right so she references in the 70s and 80s the south shifts from the being a democratic uh, region which they had been since you know eighteen sixty and <laughs> Lincoln won the war um, and to becoming a republican region they 're pretty solid Republican right now. That is something called a realignment. so what happens is the theory is not wrong. It's not that the science is wrong. It's that we have moments in political time where we've got major volatility in the system. So I would argue the science is on its head for the moment, right? As we learn more what's happening as voters are somewhat volatile. We've got new voters coming into the system. We've got new issues coming into the system. That causes pivoting. um, But then we will settle for like 50 years, right? (laughs) So uh, yeah. So I think we're, we're not dismissing the science per se, Greg, but like thinking about um, what's happening now, the anomalies now, making everything look different.
1: You know, and in that light, Leah, Sarah said that Republicans are going to face future problems because these pivot counties have stopped pivoting.
3: So it's also a problem for Republicans in the sense that there are states that Republicans, you know, stink or swing states, Nevada, for instance, maybe even Georgia, maybe those aren't swings and they go back and forth. Maybe they're just heading in one direction and that direction is away from the Republican Party.
2: Yeah, I love this. So when we look inside of states and look at county data, some states like Texas look almost purple, which like 20 years ago, we never would have said, right? So you would have right. said Texas is totally red. And I'll tell you something very stunning. When you look at young voters in Utah, so young voters defined as age 18 to 29, Trump only won the state of Utah within five points. So while the state is red, in that voter demographic, it looks a little, I don't know, pink. (laughs) Like it actually is getting lighter. So again, she's talking about, and she talked about Georgia, and we could talk about Texas. But down the road a bit could be Utah as things continue to change
1: you know and with the midterm elections uh she said that it's important to know that because the senate is currently 50 50 and if the democrats lose just a couple of seats this year right they're in for trouble down the road in four years
3: but big picture democrats have a lot of reasons to be worried right now so first of all 2022 is one of the most favorable maps for democrats for the senate that they're going to have in a long time 2024, actually very bad for Democrats. So if Democrats lost the Senate by two seats, for instance, this fall, in 2024, it's very possible that Republicans could have a filibuster-proof majority, 60 seats in the Senate. Uh, and if that happens, of course, that would have huge legislative ramifications for the Democratic Party.
2: Yeah, she's totally right. I mean, first of all, I think the midterm is going to be a disaster for Democrats. It has nothing to do with pivot counties and has everything to do with... I don't know, running away inflation. It has everything to do with Joe Biden not delivering on promises and all the things that we see at midterm elections. Um, so it does have immediately legislative outcome, um, but I'm not persuaded that it's an indicator of major change long term. In the way that tracking how voters move inside of counties, inside of Utah, inside of Texas, might show us some cool stuff going forward.
1: I'll tell you this, Leah, and I'm surprised a little bit at the poor numbers that President Biden is yeah, currently so- is currently drawing. I, I really think it's I, I really think he's. Uh, it's, it's a little unfair, but, I mean, you can't blame too much of the economy on President Biden. Uh, you can't blame all of Afghanistan on President Biden. And, and you certainly can't blame the, the response to the pandemic on him. Um, this Build Back Better has just been a disaster for him, I think, in some respects. Um, but... You know, we'll we'll see what happens in a, in a couple of years. Um, you know, there's another thing that I think we should talk about. And that's where we're going with our young voters.
2: Yeah. Now, what I'm going to push back on you, Greg, and say, absolutely, we should be blaming him. He is the president. And the president is holding the bag of whatever happens. So he gets the blame, right, for inflation, for the pandemic, for Afghanistan, for Ukraine, and how all of that stuff goes. As President Trump would have caught that blame, as President Obama would have caught that blame. Doesn't mean it's reasonable. But it is, right? So it is... It is what it is. So You bake that into the system and he's got to pay for it.
1: I think he's holding a bag that his predecessor handed off to I him. think that's fair. But anyway, he's still holding it, right? Craig? He's still holding
2: me. it. Um, and I think, yeah, so you wanted to talk about young voters, which right. is maybe one of my favorite things to talk about. The conventional wisdom has been that Democrats have young voters. And every time you add young voters, they are going to be Democrats. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will talk about, I went out and built an electorate that would vote for me. Right? So she went out and found all the young voters. However, um, we've got Sarah Isker talking about young voters, and the Democrats seem to be losing them. Joe Biden, of course,
3: won young people by a large margin in 2020, which isn't surprising for anyone who's followed politics for the last 10, 15 years. Age is a pretty good predictor of how someone votes. But what we saw in 2018 was interesting because we saw a big uptick in voter turnout, even among young people, a cohort that while they normally vote Democrat, also normally don't vote very much compared to other age demographics. And in 2018, they did. And then in 2020, they did. And they turned out and they voted for Joe Biden. But what we're seeing now is a total collapse in approval rating among young people. In fact, Joe Biden has a higher approval rating among the oldest cohort than the youngest cohort, which is really exceptional for people who follow this kind of data through various news cycles
1: he's also a very old man so maybe <laughs> he, maybe he has a lot of, of appeal to the to the older uh, the older people you know I it seems to me that just the young people that I know Leah are concerned about the environment they're concerned about the planet they're concerned about what's happening and, yeah. and what their future is going to look like and to me that's a democratic issue I mean if you're really concerned about about climate change and really concerned about where we're headed the democrats seem to be more progressive toward trying to trying to save it
2: yeah that might be true but you have to actually deliver on those promises right and so if young people are paying attention and they feel like biden is old and not delivering then the fact that they have the right policy on the democratic side is a little irrelevant because they're not going to fulfill it
1: Yeah, and Sarah Isker did say that there could be various reasons why young voters are turning away from the Democratic Party.
3: A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are.